Bills fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesco. Hey, good evening, everybody. Well, no Bill Furman tonight. It is Jim Chesco. Call me Chet. You know that. Uh, we have so much to talk about this evening on Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rovers Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, Pennsylvania. As for Bill, as many people know, he is down in Florida, Lakeland, Florida, and you know what's going on down there. Hurricane Ian making its presence felt across Florida. So, uh, you know, Bill is hunkering down hoping to stay safe. I, I told him to stay, stay safe, and uh, we, we wish all our friends down in Florida will do the very same thing. He may check in with us at some point during the next hour. We shall see. But, yeah, our hearts do go out to everybody down there being impacted by this awful hurricane. Other than that, it's a great time of year, right, as far as uh, the Eagles and Phillies sort of are concerned. The Phillies may finally get back into the postseason, although it's looking like they're going to take it right down to the final couple of games to make that happen. The Eagles looking real, real good for three games, maybe the best team in the NFC in the early going. And we got basketball and hockey season fast approaching also, plus Penn State is unbeaten, likely to creep into the top ten if they can knock off Northwestern this weekend which they should. It is going to be a fun fall, that is for sure. And we got a great guest joining us tonight for the very first time. You know him primarily from 94 WIP. He's also on uh, with the Jacob Sports Media guys. He does a uh, show there on YouTube, uh, CBS, Sports Network. He's all over the place, uh, up in New York still occasionally, I guess. I don't listen to those New York stations, though, but you know who he is. He is Jody McDonald, and we're going to bring him on right now. The Mac Man, Jody Mac, how are you? Thank you for running down my 22 different part-time jobs. You Guys, are try, all over the place. Try and stay busy, and when uh, you and I had the pleasure of meeting a couple weeks ago, he said, hey, can you come on my podcast? I said, I come on everybody else's show, so why the hell can't I come on yours, Chad? <laughs> exactly right. Well, you know, we're also going to be joined by another one of our favorite people. You know him as well. We call him Boop. It is Bob Vitrone Jr. He gives us some picks every week. And I know you know Boop a little bit from over the years. Big Daddy Graham, uh, may he rest in peace, was a good friend. And uh, the shows I've been doing on WIP for the last 10 years, so for the most part, led into the overnight show, which was Big Daddy's home for decades. Uh, so I would have a great time just doing a crossover whenever our shows would line up back to back. And he'd have boop on all the time. And he'd yeah. usually have boop on early because Big Daddy's on at 2 o'clock in the morning. So it's tough enough to get guests to, to do your show if it's 2 o'clock rather than 4.30 or 5. So I would listen to boop and Big Daddy on the way home, driving home from the station to get home. And that was always a more fun ride home. Not <laughs> that Big Daddy wasn't fun every night, but when boop was on, I paid even more attention. So when we lost Big Daddy, I said, I don't want to lose Boop because I think he's yeah. uh, a fun radio contributor. So I still have him on my show from time to time. Yeah, Boop's a good man. And, you know, you are a guy that I've listened to for the past 30 years or so, primarily on WIP. Finally got to say hello to you in person at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap a couple of weeks ago with uh, Glenn Macdown, Mike Sealski, and Merrill and Mike and company. And speaking of Puddler's Kitchen and Tap, my beer of choice tonight will be this one. From Conchahawken Brewery, Ivan's Famous Spiced Ale. Tastes like one of those uh, cookies. So Okay. All right. <laughs> I know you're a bud man, you said. I'm a barley and hops guy. Nah, I, I drink American. Uh, I, I, I'll, <laughs> hey, if someone will give me an IPA, I'm an equal opportunity drinker. <laughs> if it's free, it's for me. There but you go. Uh, if I'm actually paying for it, sorry, I'm old school. Maybe that makes me a fuddy-duddy, but I've been a bud man for 40 years now. I hear you. All right, we're going to talk a lot of Eagles and some Phillies, too. Let's start off with the bad, and that's the Phillies right now. They are not doing so great. They've lost eight of their last 11 games. The good news is they still control their own destiny, but I'd rather not see them, you know, back in. I'd rather not see them go down in the final couple of days in Houston. They've struggled quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. Why? I got a little uppity with Philly fans about a month ago when the Mets came to town and not only beat the Phillies three out of four, but also took control of Citizens Bank Park, which I th thought was wrong. The Phillies, at the time, were headed to the playoffs. They're still headed to the playoffs. Not locked, but headed toward. 
and you let another team's fan base come in and take over your stadium the way they did, I thought it was pretty lame. And I kind of chewed out the Philly fans that they needed to have more faith in their team. I'm not predicting a World Series win for the Phillies this year. If it happens, great. I'll go to the parade. Mm -hmm. But they're going to do so as an underdog. But they've got a chance to make the playoffs for the first time in a decade. How can you not at least celebrate that? How can you not get at least somewhat excited by that? It seems like the Phillies are ho-hum, their fans. I don't know if it's because they don't trust them and they have invested in other September races and had the rug pulled out from underneath them. But I thought that the Philly fans came up a little small in rooting for and coming out to see this team play in September. The home schedule is done. Unless they make the playoffs, win the first round, get into the second, they're not going to get another game. And now it's up to the players. And they need to come up bigger than they have. Uh, last night in Chicago, one run against Marcus Stroman is not going to get it done. I get it. They could back into the playoffs because the Brewers don't seem to really want to spot, spot either. But when I made my speech about they're going to make the playoffs, I also talked about you take your punches chance when you get there. And last year, the Braves of the five teams that made the playoffs had the least regular season wins in the National League. And they ended up going on to the World Series and winning it. But they did finish hot. They were outside of the playoffs looking in end of August. And they got hot enough in September to go ahead and win the division. So I I want the Phillies to make playoffs. And even if they back into the playoffs, I'll be uh, at least happy about it. But it doesn't mean I'm going to pick them in that first round. If they're playing the way they're playing right now, I don't know I can pick them in a playoff round. Yeah. Well, the bullpen was a real strength much of the season, but not lately. And a couple of guys, you know, are already out on the injured list, Canable and Hand. Some of the other guys have looked like they're getting tired maybe. I don't get this. They had an off day Monday, and yet Sir Anthony and uh, Zach Eflin were both not able to pitch in a Tuesday night game. Are they being overly cautious with these guys or what? Yeah, I didn't like Brogdon coming into the game last night. And yeah. I'm a big fan of the Phillies manager. I think he's done him a dynamite job. Even though he's a fan of Girardi, he deserved to be fired when he was fired. He didn't he get did. the job done. Sorry, Joe. Could have done better. Um, but I'm a Rob Thompson guy, and I think he's done a phenomenal job at managing the Phillies. But I don't agree with every move that he makes. And last night, I would have liked to see Sir Anthony come into that game for two reasons. Number one, I think he's a better pitcher than Brogdon. And maybe even more importantly, he had a good outing Sunday. Better outing than he's had of late since he's come back from the DL. Eh, not great. Maybe let him build on it. Give him another chance. He had the day off Monday, so yeah. you bring him back. Hopefully he throws a scoreless inning for you on Tuesday. Now he's building on something. Yeah, I think the manager made a mistake. All that being said, wasn't really Brogdon's fault. He gives up an infield single because they're in the shift. Otherwise, they would have probably had the guy. They get him to second base on a uh, topper on the infield. Nothing you can do about that. And the uh, uh, go-ahead run driven in by an oh-by-the-way down the uh, line bloop double to right. They didn't exactly rock Brogdon. But an earned run is an earned run, and that's what the Phillies lost by last night. If they do make the postseason, I'm kind of hoping they go in as a sixth seed, which was, uh, you know, more preferable, I think, because then they would play the Cardinals. I think they have a better chance of winning. They got to get big outings from both Nola and Zach Wheeler. Um, are these guys good enough to get it done in the postseason? I think so. Uh, Wheeler was very good last night. I know he gave up a run, but uh, an oppo field home run uh, wasn't exactly like the guy squared up and blasted it out of the park. To get six innings in and not even have to throw 70 pitches, damn good. The manager spoke afterwards and said, he's right where they want him to be. They'll get him one more regular season outing, hopefully stretch him past 80 pitches, and then they'll believe that he can go 100 for the first game of the playoffs. So Wheeler is where you want him, and Nola be a nice read tonight. We'll see what uh, gives him tonight. He's very good in his last outing. I know he's had some September issues, but here's the way you got to look at it if you're an optimistic Phillies fan. We don't know what October Nola looks like. He's never pitched in a game in October. Maybe October Nola Nola is exactly what the Phillies need come postseason this year. Yeah, we would love to see him pitch in October. Hey, let's turn to the Eagles. Uh, fans obviously feeling pretty good about this Birds team. Why not? They're 3-0. and That's understandable. Uh, other than Jalen Hurts, we'll talk more about him in a bit. What's been most impressive about the Eagles through three games? 
No, I, I actually think it's the defense. I know the quarterback gets all the attention. I was kind of a Hurts guy, and I believed he could step up and be better, and he has more so than even a fan like me. Optimists could have believed coming in. Nobody had him as the second or third best quarterback in the league, and statistically he is that right now. Uh, but the defense, the two games they've had the last two games, taking the Vikings down with a lot of offensive weapons, just uh, frustrating Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and uh, uh, Cook out of the backfield. That was a pretty impressive defensive performance. And then coming back makes it Carson Wentz life a hell this week with nine uh, sacks. Uh, as the offense grabs the headlines and wins everybody's attention. But this town has always appreciated a good defense. They had to appreciate Sunday because they appreciate a an aggressive defense and one that plays kill the quarterback. Well, that's exactly what they did to their former quarterback. So I, I've been as impressed, if not more impressed, by the defense than the offense. Yeah, uh, let's get to Jalen Hurts. Uh, it's funny, a month ago, some people were questioning you know, whether he could be the guy at quarterback for a possible NFC contender. Now he's led the team to those three straight wins, and some people are mentioning him as a potential MVP candidate. Boy, how things have changed. Quite a difference. Are we getting ahead of ourselves maybe, or has Hurts really – uh, you know, made himself a legitimate MVP candidate. No, it depends. You, you, uh, it, the only way you could truly get ahead of yourself, and the Eagles couldn't even if they wanted to, it's against the rules of the NFL, is you turn around and made him a $40 million a year quarterback. They can't do that. I think they'd be smart enough not to do that. He's got another year on his contract past this one. Now, Jalen Hurts is as good a motivational leader at quarterback because Eagles have had here maybe ever in this town at that position. So you don't want to put that on the back burner. You want him to stay in the same mode, same mindset that he has been that I think has allowed him to make these major leaps in his effectiveness here in his third year. So they're going to have to talk about it sometime, but they don't have to do it till after the end of the season. So any Eagle fan who wants to, any media member, Anybody who's got any stake in the Philadelphia Eagles, you can say whatever you want. You can feel whatever you want. As long as Jalen Hurts doesn't allow it to affect his game, and he loves to use that phrase, rat poison, he doesn't let the rat poison get to him. He knows how to compartmentalize and stay focused. I don't think it's too big a deal that the Eagles uh, fans have now lifted Jalen Hurts up to this very high standard. He kind of did it to himself by playing as well as he did on the field. Another guy who's getting a lot of praise, of course, is uh, the newcomer wide receiver, A.J. Brown. And one of the funny things I saw on the Internet yesterday was this. Congrats to A.J. Brown on passing J.J. Ortega-Whiteside on the Eagles all-time receiving. Oh! <laughs> that is funny. That's a little uh, sarcastic humor, which we can absolutely deal with when you're free and out. <laughs> what about uh, A.J., though? He's been dynamite. And the fact that he already had an existing relationship to uh, – uh, the quarterback probably hastened the deal. Uh, Howie Roseman, give him his uh, due, is always on top of everything that's going on in his in the league. They do their due diligence and they know who's available. And when A.J. Brown shook out and the uh, Titans were ready to move him, the Eagles not only were willing to get in there and get aggressive, they had the draft capital to do that. And that's why Howard Roseman's a very good general manager because he always seems to be a step ahead of the game in having what it takes to be able to pull a big deal when necessary. And that's certainly what he did with A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown has lived up to the uh, somewhat high asking price of both what it took to acquire him and what it took to sign him, even though they were both on the high side. So far, so good because A.J. Brown's been a top five wide receiver here in the first three games of the year. Jody, I recall hearing you on WIP just before the season started making a prediction that Super Bowl 57 would feature the Eagles and the Miami Dolphins, who, oh, by the way, as you would say, happen to be the only two unbeaten teams in the league right now. Check this out. Look at that. The Eagles and the Dolphins right there. Hard to believe, Harry, but uh, are you getting some kind of inside information on the NFL? What's going on here, Jody? It was it was an educated guess. That's what we do <laughs> here most of the time anyway, right, Chet? is uh, educated guesses. Um, 
I'll tell you when I zeroed in on the Dolphins. I've been a Tua Tungabaloa fan since his freshman year at Alabama, and the Tua doubters annoy me as much as any other group of sports fans and or members of the media that are out there. I just think the kid's got the goods, and he's going to be a franchise quarterback, and he's in the exact same boat that Jalen Hurts is. Uh, higher level, major step up, only three games, got to continue to do it, but so far, so great for both of those former Alabama quarterbacks. Um, my buddy, John McMullen, who I do Birds 365 with, was down in Miami for the joint practices, which, oh, by the way, the Eagles take very seriously because they don't take all their practices very seriously. But the joint practices, they put a lot into. Last year, they had uh, two of them. And according to those who were there, like my partner, John McMullen, and the other Eagle Beat guys we have on the show all the time, Eagles got the better of all four practices last year. Two against the Patriots, two against the Jets. So they have 4-0 in joint practices. This year, they went out to Cleveland. They certainly got the better in the first joint practice. And a couple of guys said they thought the second was a push. Maybe the some of the homer beat guys said, no, no, the Eagles got the better of them. So uh, either 6-0 and or 5-0-1 in their joint practices. And then they went down to Miami. And they had a joint practice. And the Dolphins just abused them in every way, shape, or form, offensively, defensively. Tyree Kill blowing by Darius Slay. It was not a pretty picture for the Philadelphia Eagles. Then the next day, the Dolphins all got sick, so they canceled the joint practice. And then they had their regular preseason game, which the Dolphins decided to play their starters for a quarter. Nick Sirianni took all his best players off the field completely. And the Dolphins just crushed them in the preseason game, too. Yeah. And, yeah, they, they got out to a 14 nothing lead because it was the Dolphins starters against the Eagles subs. But then they just kept scoring subs against subs, and they absolutely abused them. And I was really impressed by the Dolphins. So I was leaning toward the Eagles in the NFC anyway just because I don't think there's a world beater in the NFC. Rams, Bucks, Packers, I could point out all the shortcomings of all those teams. And if they're all – if there isn't a world beater there – why not the Eagles? I thought their roster compared with everybody else. So I was leaning toward them in the NFC when the Dolphins did what they did to the Eagles down in the practice in Miami. I said, yeah, you know what? Give me the Dolphins and the Eagles. At the time, I made the bet because I have a bet that the Eagles beat the Dolphins in the Super Bowl and that the Dolphins beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl <laughs> at 500 to 1. Um, so I took it both ways. Uh, the Eagles were 25 to 1 and the Dolphins were 40 to 1 at the time. So that's why I got the outrageous ads that I did. But, oh, it's very early in the game at 3 and 0. But at least my pick looked, it looks like I knew what I was talking about. Well, here's another guy who knows what he's talking about. Sometimes you know him, you love him. It's Boop. It's Bob Vatrone Jr. Boop, how are you? I'm doing good. Hey, Jody, how you doing? I hope Boop's got a stat about two teams being 3-0 and and ended up in the Super Bowl. I Tell me you got that. one of those, Boop. <laughs> no, not on that yet, no. I'm, no. I'm not worried about my cl- clashing, cashing my Eagles' last team to be undefeated bet. So, come on, Bengals, tomorrow night, man. Hey, you know what? I'm going to sit back. I'm going to let you two guys interview each other for, like, four <laughs> minutes, and then I'm going to play Fast Five with Jody. So, you two guys have some fun. Go ahead. So no, Jody, Boop, you got any stats for me? You know how I, uh, I here's the way I interview, you, here's I the way I interview Boop. Boop, what of, great stats do you have for me? First of all, I want to say we're getting dangerously close to talking to each other with the sun up. You know, it went That's from like, yeah. to 2 to one thirty to 12.30. Now it's, you know, 7.19. If this was a month ago, there'd be that big yellow thing in the sky. Um, you guys talked earlier about Carson Wentz being sacked nine times. Uh, I put a stat out earlier that that is the uh, most sacks the Eagles have ever had against a former Eagles quarterback. Um, I don't have the list in front of me, but um, a couple of the others were um, Tim Hasselback. They got a couple times, and um, I don't list, I the list up. But the nine sacks of a former Eagles quarterback, and five of the six guys were guys that went to the Washington team. So that was fairly interesting. Um, you know the Eagles lead the league in scoreless quarters. They're the only team that has put up a zero seven times in a quarter. Wow. Um, yet they've scored 86 points, which yeah, four crazy. of those four of those zeros being in the fourth quarter. Because I know yes. they haven't scored a fourth quarter point three, yet this year. Three of those zeros. The three and oh. So. Great. Three but they're oh. great in the yeah. first half. 24 points every first half. I right? know. All right. That's <laughs> consistent. So I don't know whether they'd be scared of that number, that they can score so quickly and not need it, or that they have time, find time finding the pedal sometimes. 
but we'll see how it plays out as they get to see you know, later in the season. Um, what was the other thing? I do have a list here of stuff. Um, anyhow, um, Doug Peterson, uh, who's coming into town, obviously, is the fifth Philadelphia quarterback, uh, head coach rather, to lead a team to a Philadelphia, lead a Philadelphia team to a title, and then go coach somewhere else. Uh, Fred Shiro, uh, Jack Ramsey, Dallas Green, and then the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets coach in 1926 went to coach the Cardinals um, after winning the title. So you don't see that too often. That, that um, one I never would have gotten, Boob. The Frankfurt yeah. Yellow Jackets. Anyway, I right. just made it up, so that's why you wouldn't have gotten <laughs> good it. Good job. <laughs> so, you know, but um, you mentioned the Eagles, and Jody made the good point about the defense, is that after week one, everyone sold the 35 that Detroit put up and was worried about it, except that Detroit went and put 36 up the next week. Yep. And I think everybody said, okay, take a breath. The defense isn't that bad. And they've had two really strong games, um, especially late over the last two weeks. And so I think Jody is right. It, when push comes to sub, the defense may end up being the difference maker in a lot more games than we thought of this year in the uh, for the Eagles. Hey, who are the best teams in the NFL right now? I mean, obviously the Eagles at 3-0, Miami at 3-0. This is our buddy Paul Domowicz's power rankings. He still has Buffalo number one, even though they lost to Miami. And he's got the Rams up there because they're the defending Super Bowl champions. Who do you think are the legitimate contenders for the Super Bowl this year, guys? Jody? Well, you know my two. I've got number three and number four, yep. the Eagles and the Dolphins. Uh, the Rams are legit in the NFC, and uh, the Bills had a chance to beat. But, see, that's why I feel as good as I do about the Dolphins. Bills get the chance. You get a butt punt by the Dolphins, which gives the Bills back the ball one more time, and they couldn't get into field goal range to win the game. That's a huge win for the Dolphins this week. Crazy uh, finish. That doesn't eliminate Buffalo, but – um, I think Domino's got a good list there. Certainly, he's got the top four teams. Maybe not in the right order. I wouldn't have in the same order, but yeah. he's got the top four teams. You know, yeah, Boog's you... the Chiefs fan, too. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I've been talking. <laughs> you mentioned you have the Eagles and Dolphins have reversed on the Super Bowl outcome. I've got the same, obviously, with the Eagles and Chiefs, um, as I've had for like the last 12 years. So, you know, <laughs> um, the thing about the Buff Buffalo is they've played really a couple of really tough teams so far. Losing to the Rams is no shame. Losing to the Dolphins at this point is no shame. And because it's, like you said, with the Braves last year in baseball, playing well at the end is going to matter because a lot of teams make the NFL more so than ever, the playoffs more so than they had before last year. So, you know, 3-0 is 3-0, and it always will be, but it's how you do the last three games. And there are seven, eight teams there, I think, that Damo showed on top of his list that, could be Super Bowl contenders, you know, as we sit here in the end of September. You know, Tom Brady's all the way down there at seven. I, I got a stat to tell you in my when I do my NFL picks later about Tom Brady that just floored me. So, you know, it's uh it's there's there are nine, eight, nine teams right there that are absolutely well very well Super Bowl contenders at this point. Hey Boop, I saw a stat today, and you probably can verify this. The Chiefs have been favored in their last twenty six games. Can you believe that? I knew they had they had a long run. I remember reading that Earl at some point last year, and I hadn't checked. Yeah, it would have been because they well, Pat Mahomes has never played a road playoff game, so he would have been favored all them, and he's been favored. So yeah, you're right. That's that is a heck of a long streak. Yeah, and they're favored by two over uh, Brady and company this week. Yeah, I can guarantee you they did not cover all of them, and I had no. the, the, the diminished, <laughs> diminishing bank account to prove it. <laughs> last week uh, being uh, the latest time that Boop took a head back in his. Team. Uh, <laughs> Well, that was a tough, that was a tough one. Hey, before we run out of time with you, Jody, I want to play this uh, little game of Fast Five, all right? Sure. Uh, what we do here is I hit you with five questions. You give me five brief answers, as brief as you possibly can. You so it. let's give it a shot. Number one, Jody, will the Phillies land a big-name free agent offseason? Maybe a shortstop like Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts. Um, possible, but not probable. I would say more like – it's got to be yes or no. I would say more likely no. Hmm. Number two, give me a Philadelphia athlete or two, any sport that you've really enjoyed watching the most over the last 30 or 40 years. 30 or 40, wow. Um, a lot of options. I'll go with one present. I think Embiid uh, brings something that NBA centers just don't have. Um, it's been a while since we've seen a dominant big man along his lines. Nikola Jokic, I know, has won a couple MVPs, but I don't really even think of him as a center. I do with Embiid. 
So I would set up, say I'm beat on the basketball side, um, football side, Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> hockey side, Carter Hart. Can I cross my fingers and say Carter right. Hart? Because if it's not Carter Hart, we're going to look at a couple more bad hockey seasons coming our way. Um, and who did I forget? Uh, baseball. I'll go with John Crook. I love watching uh-huh. Crook on a nightly basis, and I used to love watching him play too. You mentioned Joel Embiid. Uh, we didn't have any time for Sixers talk, but with their off-season additions and the fact that we hear James Harden is in great shape, he looks good, will they finally advance past the second round? They might have a chance, and it might be because of Emi Doka's wandering eye getting bounced as the Celtics head coach. I would have made them the favorite in the East coming into the year, but trying to put a uh, uh, understated, underready guy in as a head coach of a conference champion is risky business that Boston's got going. So I think that the only team that on paper is better than the Sixers in the East is Milwaukee. So that's like, that's where they, uh, the rubber beats the road. If they can beat Milwaukee in the playoffs this year, they got a chance to go deep. Number four, other than the ability to resurrect the Mac and Mac monarch, what's the best thing, the best part about being reunited with Glenn Mac now on occasional Sundays? Just the fact that I know exactly what he's going to say before he says it. <laughs> we've been we've been doing we've done so many shows over the years. It's a long time. We're just doing occasional uh, holiday show together, and now it's a little bit more regular. But I had so many shows with him for so many years. I I can almost tell you where he's going to go before he goes there, and I'm sure he could say the same thing about me. And number five, speaking of Mr. Mac now, uh, his What We're Watching segment has been a listener favorite for years. You're part of that now occasionally. What is the best show or series or movie that you've watched recently, Jody? Um, The sequel or prequel to Game of Thrones, House of Dragons, is very good on HBO. I think I told Glenn this a couple of weeks ago. It's the only show that I DVR and I have to because I'm on the air on CBS till 10 o'clock. And it airs at 9 o'clock on Sundays. Boom. As soon as I get off the air, I go right to the TV and I watch it. It's it's something that I can't just let sit for a day. Oh, I'll get to it. I'll watch it tomorrow. I'll watch it. In- no, no. I want to watch House of Dragons as soon as I possibly can. That tells me that it's my favorite show on television now. And I feel confident that I picked a very good one. And that's how we play Fast Five. Very good. Nice job. Boop, you got anything uh, else for Jody before we send him on his way? No, but thanks for the nap. That was good. I like that. There you go. Hey, Boop, I'm here for you, buddy. If 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 I am your reason to nap, I'll take it. Jody, I I love you... life is my reason to nap, but that's yeah. a whole other story. <laughs> Jody, I'd let you promote all your uh, things, but you got so many. So uh, what do you want to mention? Go ahead. Um, just uh, I, you guys do the show here on StreamYard. Uh, for those of you who enjoy catching the podcast, video, and the like, our Birds 365 show that I do with John McMullen, uh, sports older Philly voice, now writes uh, Jacob Media has their own uh, sports page as well, jacobsports.com. Um, I, I really do enjoy doing the show with John on a day-in, day-out basis. And if you're a streamer, you can check out Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Awesome. Thanks, Jody. Hope to do it again. My pleasure, buddy. Thank you much for having me. And cross your fingers. Uh, good uh, vibes and prayers for everybody down in the state yeah. of Florida. You got it. Thanks, Jody. You got it. See you, Jody. All right. Boop, we did it. thought he'd never leave. <laughs> <laughs> you are something else. Yeah. Uh, I got to uh, sell some insurance right now, all right? Sure, this is the time in the show when Bill would say to me, hey, Chet, you're spending more time on your couch than in your car. It's time to start saving with all states pay as you go auto insurance plan. And by this point, I would have up this little graphic, and then I would say, you know it, Bill. All states pay as you go. Auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that is Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Oh, and one more thing, and that's this. We check in every few months with our friend Chris Gaskell at the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn. And this is a great time to do just that for several reasons. As we bring her on screen, we not only say congratulations, or not only say hello, but we also say congratulations, Chris. You and Tracy and Taylor and the gang, 
picked up, well, a big haul of awards at last week's Best of Bucks event. Oh, it was such a big night. We were shocked to be nominated for nine, but we won all nine. And honestly, it was so crazy to hear from everybody through the night and the next day. And we made some new friends at the party. So it was such an honor. We have the most amazing customers and you are one of them. So thank you guys so much. We wouldn't have gotten it without everybody who was involved. Yeah, a clean sweep. That is very nice. Nine nominations, nine awards. That's awesome. But this weekend comes one of the Irish Rovers' most fun events, 12 noon to 6 p.m. on Saturday. You guys are going German for the day. Yeah, it's the best day. So Oktoberfest, uh, this Saturday, October 1st, we're going to have all of our favorite uh, German beers, plus, you know, some Oktoberfest beers, our fall offerings. We'll also have, you know, Knockwurst, Brockwurst, and Schnitzel. It'll be a great day. It should be beautiful out. So we'll be out on the patio as well. Our friends from Trogues Brewing will be there. So they've got plenty of stuff to give away. And their uh, new Oktoberfest is pretty delicious. Wow. You know, I've been there three or four times over the years, as you know, and it is terrific. Just a great event. I should mention that before that happens on Thursday and Friday, you have some special dinner entrees both days. They sound great. Chicken Marsala entree and a Jack Daniel salmon. I'm a big fan of salmon. And then on Sunday, you guys will have the Eagles and Jags game on most of the TVs there. And you have food and drink specials for Eagles games? Yeah, so uh, every Sunday, our $5 tailgate menu. So where else can you get a $5 sandwich while you enjoy the game? Plus, we'll have Miller Lite and Bud Light specials, our famous Rover mimosas, and uh, there's usually some giveaways on Sundays. Awesome. Go Birds. The Irish Rover is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. Check out their website, irishroverstationhouse.com. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good! Always good to hear Merrill, isn't it? Oh, he's absolutely. He can read me the Manhattan telephone book, and it, I would listen for minutes on time, on end. That would take quite a while. But, uh, yeah. hey, we, I, I didn't get to talk with uh, Jody about the Flyers. Their camp is underway. They've already played a couple of games. Nobody they have my daughter's there tonight. Yeah, nobody new has gotten hurt, fortunately. But, I mean, we know they've lost Couturier already. Uh, Ryan yeah. Ellis probably going to miss the entire season. What a shame that is. I did hear John Tortorella on the radio today. I don't envy him, but uh, what do you expect from him and what he's going to get out of this Flyers team this year? His first practice, a puck did not hit the ice. And that tells me a lot of things. First of all, he he, he may have done that no matter how good they were going to be, but I think that's part of he needs to do more than get them to be playing hockey on that ice for 60 minutes well. He's got to get the team together. He's got to get the players to know conditioning and things like that. So I see that he sees the big picture, uh, not just based on that practice, but based on the, some of the success he had. So uh, I'm not expecting them to get to 45 wins or, you know, 100 points or anything. Um, I'm expecting to see improvement. And maybe not, even if it's not team-wide and certain players that need to improve for them to be better in two or three years. And what little bit I've seen or read about them and a little bit I've read about what he's been doing, he might seem to be on that same page. Satisfying the fan base is an entirely different thing. You know, for 100 years, the Flyers did not have to sell ticket one. You know, they just 17,077 like it was waking up in the morning. Uh, but now they have to. They have to worry about group plans and giveaways and stuff like that. Um, winning goes a long way towards doing that. But winning may not come this year. So his job is to win in three years. The, the sales marketing people might be more worried about winning this year. But um, I think he's got the right idea. Yeah, that would be a, a difficult job right now, being a sales or marketing person for yeah. the Flyers. I, I, yeah. I don't envy them. Yeah. Uh, I talked with uh, Jody a little bit about the 76ers, but I want to get your take. We you know, saw some of their media day interviews. Uh, there's the projected starting five. Yeah. James Harden does look good. He looks thinner. He's yeah. you know hoping to be the old James Harden as best as can be. What do you expect from the Sixers team this year? The most important aspect to me about this team is that Doc Rivers and the coaching staff and everybody that knows basketball has had an offseason to weave Harden into the 
the play of the team, both offensively and defensively. You know, he was a midseason acquisition on a, guy, on a team that already had a couple guys that liked the basketball and another guy, Maxie, who was emerging as a guy with the ball. So it was, and you know, and I've always been a big thing that you don't get a lot done on off days in the NBA because you're traveling. You know, it's two nights sometimes. You got load match. So I think the off season with James Harden and the coaching staff, knowing what your lineup was going to be like, them getting able to plan some things. And, and I don't want to say run plays because I don't know if they run plays anymore, but different structures and playing with lineups and feeding off players. I think that off season, the off season may end up being the most important part of this Sixer season, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to talk some more Eagles when we get around to making our picks. But in the meantime, let's talk a little Phillies. They have yeah, what I think. They, they have what I think is a game. I've really, been for two things: Judge to hit another homer and the Phillies to win. And at this point, I'm thinking about selling some of my kids' old clothing so I can still afford to bet those things. Imagine how I feel. I had the Phillies at 86 and a half over. Oh, they got to go four and five the rest of the way, and that's looking like it might be a long shot at this point. Oh, so, man. Come on, Phillies. Don't let me down here. So uh, will you take 87 and not a playoff berth? <laughs> you know, at this point, I'm a little greedy, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what What should we expect? Is, is Nola on the mound tonight? Yes, I believe so. This is a huge game for the Phillies, in my opinion. They, yeah. They're they coming off, you know, the rough weekend. They're coming off another tough loss to the stinking Cubs, 0-4 against them. Yeah. Uh, Nola's got to show that he can throw two good games in a row and win a game when they need a stopper. So, yeah. you know, and then they have the weekend in Washington where the weather's going to wreak havoc with things. So this yeah. is a big game, in my opinion. It really is. And they have a day game tomorrow. Um, so, you know, I don't. again, we're – all of a sudden, Thompson's having some – gee, I don't know what he's doing with his bullpen things. And now with a yeah. day game and a night game, and then, you know, they're talking maybe a doubleheader Friday to sub to, to make up for possibly later in the weekend. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot going on there. You know, they only allowed two runs last night, so I'm not harping on the pitching that much. They weren't great runs, but it's, it's the offense. And the thing is, on a team like the Phillies, everybody doesn't have to be hitting well at once. But somebody has to be hitting well, and usually more than one guy. And they've had streaks this year where they've all gone not dead silent, but just silent and not sitting. And then two innings later, this guy and this guy will single, and you first and third, and you get out of the inning. So, you know, they don't need seven guys to hit at once. They need three. And when they've done that, they've won eight, nine in a row. If they only have one guy whose bat show is showing up, they lose two to one or five, four, or, you know, so it's, it's consistency to the point that three or four guys need to be on going at the same time. And, and he, at least it looks like he's finally gotten to the lineup that we all wanted to see yeah. all year. And I just hope he sticks with it um, for these last nine games and beyond and let the chips as they speak fall where they may. I'm chuckling a bit because right when you got to dead silence, you froze for three seconds and we had dead silence. <laughs> oh, the irony. Like, just like the offense, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good, to th- good to see uh, Castellanos back in the lineup. He got a hit last night, so maybe mm-hmm. he didn't need a rehab. Bryce Harper got a couple of hits going the opposite way. That was good. Yeah. Great to see Wheeler back again, you know, throwing well for the second straight outing. I yeah. wish they would have kept him in for another inning, but, hey, that's a whole other story. It's not our father's baseball anymore. Oh, and then, you know, we talked with Jody about Brogdon coming in, who has kind of struggled. I know they got to get him right. And then they bring in this other guy, Zadinsky or whoever, who I never even heard of. He yeah. got a clean inning, which was great. But, yeah. boy, that was kind of I risky. don't know if I, I – you know, I, I sit there and I look, and, gee, I don't understand how they're dealing dealing with starting pitchers, you know, in this day and age. And then I say, well, I don't know how they're under, how they're dealing with relief pitchers this day and age. I just don't know how they're doing any of the, you know, the pitch. It's just – it seems like they're making a lot more work for themselves as as gameplay goes on than they need to. I mean, your best pitcher pitches. Get him out there, let him pitch as long as he can, and, you know, lefty, righty. As my father used to say whenever they would make these lefty, righty moves, you would think no left-handed batter in the history of baseball has ever gotten a hit off a left-handed pitcher. <laughs> but overmanaging is the name of the game. And, you know, when Rob Thompson first got here, he wasn't afraid to let pitchers go a couple of nights in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of hinted at maybe he even pitch a guy three nights in a row out of the bullpen. But now they had the day off Monday. And as I said to Jody, you know, he still didn't think Sir Anthony or Zach Eflin were able to go Tuesday night. 
Yeah. I think they're babying these guys. They gotta go with a sense of urgency right now. Absolutely. And they had it every Monday in September off. It's the yeah. first month I could find in, in the divisional era that they had every Monday of a month off. You'd almost want to schedule your relief pitchers with something like that, you know? And then I think they kind of do so that you don't go and you, know, you have a day off. Well, just assume you had a game and he didn't pitch. So he's available. Uh, yeah, I don't – it's a mindset that I just don't get. And it, it might be the most difficult part of the game for old-timers like you and I to understand now, um, other than, you know, the, the the analytics and stuff. You know, handling these pitchers, the three-batter rule doesn't help. Um, you know, because now your your hands are tied, so it's almost like you're making the guy do more moves later in the inning, so that he can change after the inning. It's just it's not quite the baseball I grew up with. Well, not just for my eighty six and a half over bet. I I need to see them win a few games here. I, I yeah. need to see a win tonight, yeah. hopefully tomorrow, and at least three out of four if they get those games in down in Washington. Because I don't want it to go down to the last couple of days of the season against Houston. Yeah, and because they, they, I think it was 2000 or 2001, and I think also 2005, they went to Houston to close the year and ended up losing two out of three while the Cubs or somebody was winning to knock them out of a wild card spot. You know, I put this out there a little while ago because when I did it in the beginning of September, they won five games in a row, but they were the only one of the of Major League Baseball's team that has never qualified as a wild card. So yeah, that's right. there you go. Let's Let's do that this year. I do remember that. Hey, we're going to get to our picks in just a second, but uh, I got to do a couple other things first right now, including this one. This is what we call random chat boop. All right. I'm scared. Sometimes it's about music. Sometimes it's about uh, goofy candles. Often it's about beer. And that's the case again tonight. So what the heck? Since we have time, I'm going to mention that this is one of the two dozen or so beer-related fake holidays during the course of the year. It is National Drink Beer Day, Boop. Who am I to, you know, go against that? Uh, today's beer to Jody is this one. It is from Conchahawken Brewery, and it is Ivan's Spiced Ale. You get the Ivan's Cookies at uh, yeah. Acme. Well, this is a collaboration between Conchahawken Brewing and the Ivan's Cookies that you know and love from Acme. It has uh, it is an ale brewed with Ivan's famous spiced wafers, other spices, molasses, and lactose. Five point four percent alcohol by volume, and the description on Untapped says it is a crispy, easy drinking brown ale. It tastes like a spiced cookie in a glass. I can't disagree. Give it a try. It's Ivan's famous spiced ale. Yeah, I approve. And that's how we do it. What's its exit velocity is what I want to know. <laughs> we'll find out shortly after 8 o'clock. <laughs> you will, yes. <laughs> exactly right. where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Bill, at this point, usually does the EOP <coughs> promo. We do have lots of things to uh, promote this week. Look at this lineup of shows on the Edge of Philly Sports Network. Wall-to-wall coverage. The network is continuing to grow. You can catch all the action also on www.eopsports.com as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can also find our show on Philly Press Box Radio, the website, uh, and on the YouTube channel. Please help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, and like buttons, and as always, share with your friends and family. And speaking of the Edge of Philly guys, they will be on the scene this Sunday at the South House. I've been there. Great little bar in Philly, 2535 South 13th Street. They're going to do a show pregame and postgame live on our network uh, before and after the Eagles beat Doug Peterson and company, those Jacksonville Jaguars. I will not be there because I will be out of the country, believe it or not. That's a whole other thing. I'm not going to tell you all about it, but I will be away, so I cannot be there. But go see these guys in person. They are a great bunch of guys, and they'll be there for you. There are also uh, beer specials uh, for you. Uh, You can get buckets of beer and discounted beer. Just go there. South House this Sunday, Eagles Game Day Live on our Edge of Philly network. All right. Now, we're going to bring Boop back, and we are going to talk about our football picks for week four. Um, Boop, I, I hate to tell you this, but you are yeah. last place, okay? I don't believe you. I, I know. Until I see it in the newspaper, I don't believe it. We will investigate. Uh, Bill had a good week last week. He was, in fact, the only one of us to pick Green Bay to top Tampa yeah. Bay. Boop, you and I got that one wrong. Mm-hmm. Boop, you also took Arizona to beat the Rams. That didn't happen either. Mm-hmm. Sorry, pal. 
Uh, Bill went three and one. I was two and two. And the guy that we count on for his advice was just one and three. That's you. Sorry. Uh, so for the season, three weeks in, Bill and I are now seven and five. Oh, did I mention that I'm the defending champion in our little pick competition? Didn't hear you. Now you're frozen. <laughs> I'm going to mention that every week until yes, you I will. stop. Yeah. Uh, all right. Week four, we have uh, four games, three of them involving NFC East teams, because we always focus on them. And then we're going to bring in another one too: Kansas City at Tampa Bay. And somewhere on my little semi-smartphone, I have Bill's picks. And again, we wish Bill the best down in Florida dealing with that uh, nasty hurricane. But Bill did send me his picks. And let's see. Yeah, we got it. Okay. So I'm going to tell you that Bill takes, oh, Tampa over Kansas City. Andy loses two in a row or Brady. Hmm. Well, he's taking Tampa to beat Andy and the Kansas City Chiefs. Who you got, Boop? I think you know, I know. It looked like both teams were kind of looking ahead last week. Neither yeah. one really had their A game. So I guess the question is who's got the better chance of rebounding quickly? Um the stat I was told you earlier I'm gonna have is that well, I was in New England in the home game after following a home loss Tom Brady was 22 and three since hmm. he's been to Tampa. He's two and three in those games. Wow. He's already had a three game home losing streak in Tampa. If he loses Sunday, it'll be his second three game losing streak. This is Tampa Bay. This isn't new England. Uh, it's not Foxborough. It's Tom Brady, but it's not that, not that Tom Brady. This is the Patrick Mahomes and the Andy Reed, probably at the prime of their, both of their careers, despite what you saw last week, this is going to be, this is, I don't want to say this the way it's going to sound, but the Tom Brady magic might start to disappear when the Chiefs take him apart Sunday night. Old man, take a look at my life. <laughs> there you go. I like that cover that they just put out. Beck singing uh, Neil Young's Old yeah. Man to promo the, the game. Yeah, so you got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. Bill went with Tampa. All right, yeah. we shall see. Next game is Bears at the New York Giants. Those uh, stinking Giants, now 2-1, and one, are favored by three points. And you would think this is an easy one. Bill says, yeah, the Giants will beat the Bears. They both stink, but he's going with the Giants because the Bears are worse. What do you got? The best player in the field is going to be Barkley. As he's going to be in a lot of their games, and he proved that on, on the, the other night, um, even though they lost. So I'm going to take them in any game where his play can offset the rest of what that team can or can't do. So Giants. We've all got the Giants. Yeah, I have them winning as well. Next up, Washington at Dallas. The Cowboys coming off that uh, thrilling Monday night win over the Giants. <laughs> Dallas favored by three. Let's see what Bill says. I haven't even read this yet. Uh, he says, uh, I don't know. Oh, no, wait. Dallas over the commies, as he says. Yes, Dallas over the commies. Both stink. Commies are worse. He likes that line. So he's got the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys, too. What do you got? I don't know. I kind of like – I'm seeing a lot of the uh, road NFC East teams playing well in the few in-division games we've had so far. Um, so I'm going to go with the visiting team there, Commodore, mm. Commodores, whoever they are. The Commodore, Commodore 60 or 460, whatever it is. <laughs> Lionel Richie will be at quarterback. There you go. Yeah, dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> All night long. Uh, and finally, the Jaguars at the Philadelphia Eagles. Doug Peterson's triumphant return to Philadelphia. He says he's never actually looked at the statue outside. Yeah, Do you believe yeah. that? Come on. That's what you're supposed to say, and he does, and that's fine. It's you know, <laughs> but if you're sneaking by at three in the morning, and you see a flashlight over there. You know, who knows what it could be? All right, Eagles favored by six and a half. Uh, Bill says Eagles over the Jags in a close game. Doug Peterson will do a much better job offsetting the Eagles' pass rush than Washington did. Screens and draws. Jags defense has been playing good ball. Good game here, but yeah, he likes the Eagles to win a close one, and so do I. I'm telling you right now, I have Philadelphia winning 24 to 20. Wow. Um, here's the deal, and I'll, I'll say I've been on Jacksonville since we started this before the year. Yeah. They are better. They're getting better. They shared a lot of that this week. I'm glad this game is week four and not week 14 because I got a feeling Jacksonville is going to be getting good throughout the year. We saw that a lot with all of Doug Peterson's Eagles teams. So this is the right time to get them. Plus, coming off a big win that they had, there's going to be a little bit of a letdown because they have so many young guys. So I'm going the Eagles. I'm thinking it's going to be 30-21-ish, maybe. Uh, the defense, I'm seeing like a 30-10 game that 
with some prevent defense. Let's a little a couple more points at the end that we normally like to see. So 30-21. All right. You got covering. Nice. I'll take that. Uh, you got any other any tips, tidbits for uh, this week's betting people? You know, I really never got to wrap the betting so much so far. Um, I was harp- hoping like heck that the Phillies and Cubs are going to have one of their typical Wrigley weeks. I know it's cold out. It's not mid-April and four home run days, but I didn't expect two to one either. I mean, it's still Wrigley, so I'm kind of leaning towards at least over in tomorrow afternoon's Eagles-Phillies-Cubs uh, games. Um, and I'm also sticking, as I mentioned last week, with the defensive touchdowns from the Eagles. They had a couple of chances last week with possible fumbles. I could just see the guys scooping it up and going in, and they didn't go and get there. So if you saw it last week and I said about they having the most pick sixes in the league since week 11 last year, don't let that detest from maybe get putting some money on the defensive touchdowns again this week. Hmm, interesting. All right. Anything else on the football front? No, no. Like I said, uh, the um, – Eagles are trying to become the last undefeated team. Uh, I bet that, as you can tell here, I bet the Chiefs and the Eagles to do that. Um, so I'm hoping that the Bengals lose this week. So that'll, I mean, the Dolphins will lose so I can cash that. Um, but it's also, I think, the fifth or sixth time, and I put this on my Twitter feed, that they have uh, that they would have been the last undefeated team. Um, one of the ones was the 2004 Super Bowl team. So something to look forward to. Um, and by the way, and I, I don't want to go one and three again, because I don't think the splits people will keep sponsoring me if I go one and three, but splits does sponsor my NFL picks um, each week. Um, at least they do so far, but if I'm still in last place and the guy that's the defending champion keeps harping on it, that could come to a quick end. <laughs> yeah. Pick up the pace boop. Will you? Yeah. I saw a nice ad for splits. They got some kind of beer specials or something. I guess oh, they, they got, always do specials there. Yeah. They have a lot of stuff going on. They got a VIP room. They got virtual reality now. Um, there are bowling lanes, I am told, somewhere nearby. Not that I've ever seen <laughs> them. Uh, the ice cream place. So, you know, there's a lot going on there. Um, I ought to take a look around sometime other than where I sit. Yeah, you're always in that same. I've been there like five times. You're in the same seat all the time. Usually in the same clothes. <laughs> I'm going to come down. I owe you a beer, so I will come down at some just point. don't in bring October. that. Yeah, just bring me. Just don't bring me a beer. They have my beer. I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, I know. You, you get the, the, the non-fancy bring, beers. Bring Chris from Irish Rover. That'll work. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm going to tell you another thing about the Philly sports trips people because they got a lot going on. I mean, I don't know if you saw the game. Of course you saw the game. The majority of fans down in FedEx Field last Sunday were Eagles fans. And a very large number of them, 15 or 16 buses worth, got down there via Philly sports trips. Yeah, really. Uh, You're seeing the schedule right here for the road games. They have... Great trips to Arizona, Dallas, all the road games. And they're also hosting tailgate parties before all birds home games, including the one this Sunday before the birds welcoming Doug Peterson back to town. That's not the one that's listed there, of course, because this Sunday is October 2nd. Also available for your consideration, an October Flyers hockey trip to Nashville Music City. That is October 22nd through the 25th. The Eagles off that weekend, if you're wondering. And you can even book Phillies 2023 spring training trips now. Get all the details on their website, phillysportstrips.com. And Bill, at this point, usually would tell you about the Raz Room. And let's see if I can find that fancy logo. Raz room, Raz room. Boy, somebody should put these alphabetically. That would make things so much easier. Anyway, the Raz room has great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page. People can take a chance on winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to run out great odds or great odds, greater odds of you winning. Uh, Who doesn't like to win? Check out their Facebook page. I never saw this script before, as you can tell. Like it or follow it. It is PPCC118RazRoom. That is right. PPCC118RazRoom on Facebook. Hey, Boop, um, I'm sure you know this. They are not going to have an actual Pro Bowl game anymore. What do you make of that? Are you you upset? (laughs) If this was the mid-70s or 80s, possibly, because there was certainly more of a football game back then. No, they could... Let me see. There's, they could do away with three of the four all-star games, the only one being baseball that they could keep, and it wouldn't affect me at all. And even if they decide to get rid of baseball, it'd be fine. It's not what it was intended to be. It's not the same 
and it's not just because of the sport, it's because of the way you have to sell it to the people these days, um, you know, with all the pomp and circumstance and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be a fiasco. The Pro Bowl might vir virtually, might possibly be the first four All-Star games to die for the simple reason that they are the most taxed athletes and it's the only one at the end of the year. So it could, you know, this might be like football. That's the first step. That's where that's where football sports go to die, flag football. I like Jason Kelsey's uh, suggestions for like a hot dog eating contest and yeah. all sorts of silly. That would be great. I would love that. Yeah. Hey, I didn't think to look at the comments tonight because uh, that's normally something Bill does. But we got a lot of great comments, people saying how wonderful we are, of course. And uh, our buddy Pat from Ambler asks uh, you, should we adjust the Phillies lineup and put Kyle Schwarber somewhere besides number one and maybe put Bohm top of the order or you know, do something to adjust the lineup? What do you think? I'm not against that. My only concern is Schwarber has been one of the few guys that's been doing it for you all year. So I would do it with his blessing. Um, I know it's not quite what happens in this day and age, but you know, if he isn't mind moving and I don't think he would sure, I'd give it a shot. Um, what I don't like is I don't like having Hoskins in the two spot. I'd rather have him in the third spot, two shots to have a guy on in front of him. He seems to just have a little bit better concentration with a guy on, um, but I'm fine with Schwarber going to four and they can put Bohm anywhere in the lineup. He wants, he just seems to produce. I hear you. We got some people watching and uh, listening from Florida. Again, we wish them all the best down there. Our buddy and Joe is down there. Comment that means something good, you know. So. Yeah, that's good that they're you know they still have power and that their uh, their homes are still standing. So hang in there, guys. Yeah. Uh, this will pass. This will pass. Yeah. Uh, what else? Our buddy PJ checks in. Says they need to hit as well and score more than. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. We would love to see them uh, getting the bats going a little better. There, there have been one nothing games at Wrigley. I went and checked today. I just don't think they've been in the last you know fifty years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and PJ also likes the Jags or likes the Eagles to beat the Jags, twenty-seven to seventeen. Okay. Hey, uh, I know you're not a big college football guy, but Penn State's favored by twenty-six and a half points yeah. over yeah. Northwest. That is a huge line for yeah. a Penn State Northwestern game. Yeah, they had a huge line against Central Michigan last week, so much so that when I went on about an hour before the game, they didn't even have a money line, um, and I didn't want to bet the points. And they struggled for a little bit. If I don't, if I'm not mistaken, right? It was 14 14 yeah. for a little while yeah i think so yeah so um but a little bit i watched them earlier in the year they've got some some uh, apps and they're going to be fine um it's going to be interesting to see how the big 10 plays out as we go down who loses to who when which is the biggest thing in college football now because a loss in september is not the same as a loss in november and the schedule makers have as much power right now in college football's national championship drives yeah. anybody Hey, last thing, Boop. Um, we got the early list of Hall of Fame nominees from Pro Football uh, for 2023. And there's a bunch of former Eagles on there, including all of these guys listed here, like Randall and Donovan and Brian Westbrook, uh, B. Mitchell, Eric Allen, who I think should be in there. Any names yeah. stand out of guys who you think right. should definitely be in there? For me, I'll tell you right now, it is Eric Allen and Seth Joyner. I think they are both Hall of Famers. Seth, absolutely. I'm a big Eric Allen fan. I was surprised to see he wasn't in the Hall of Fame. He just uh, – Ruben Frank mentioned had a re, mentioned the other day about Slay's play. He had an Eric Allen game, and I thought that's exactly what that was. He was he was like Bugs Bunny playing baseball. Um, the other thing, and I had to look this up today, Gary Anderson, he had a year where he did not miss a field goal or an extra point. Together he was 64 for 64. That – season alone i think he had it for minnesota that season alone should get you into the hall of fame but wasn't that the season he also missed one in the postseason i'm not gonna go Redis there right now and <laughs> it spoils uh, the argument i'm not gonna tell you who i bet in that game either <laughs> oh thanks <clears throat> boop anything else we got about 30 seconds uh no just uh, again wishing the people well in florida yeah, sure. and then uh 1a wishing the people out in chicago um, that they do, they hope they get the wind to help them hit the ball. <clears throat> Florida people don't get the wind to help them get on with life. Yeah, hang in there, Bill Furman, wherever you are. Yeah. We will, yeah. uh, we will get through this. Hang in there. All right, Boop. Thank you for joining us tonight. We thank Jody McDonald. Also, great to have Jody on for the first time. Yeah. We are uh, wrapping things up here. 
And we'll be back next week. Tonight's show, of course, sponsored by Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, the Irish Rover Station House, the PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Boop, for Jody, for Bill Furman, it's Chet. We hope you enjoyed the show and will join us again on Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday at 7 p.m. I don't know who's going to be on, but somebody will be, and it's going to be great. And with that, we say... Good night, everybody. Happy trails to you. Till we meet.